0: For the past two years, the COVID-19 pandemic has greatly affected our educational system, wherein the traditional mode of teaching was changed to an online setup. We were all left blinded when the one-week suspension of classes way back March 2020 had led to the relentless cycle of isolation repeating up to this day. We cannot deny the fact that these lockdown periods took its toll on our mental health while we are all grappling on how we could adapt to this new form of online learning. Yes, it's true. We students staying at home for online classes and employees working from home are definitely struggling with how to manage school or work life or home life during this pandemic. Last October 10 was World Mental Health Day, and with this, it is very important to talk about our mental well-being amidst the current pandemic. What brings you in today is produced by the Association of Philippine Medical Colleges Student Network Visayas Regional Health Policy Committee in partnership with Iloilo Doctors College of Medicine Student Council. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect APMCSM Visayas and the participating medical school.
1: Good day, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of. Tell Med About It, a health policy podcast presented by APMC Student Network Visayas Health Policy Committee. I am your host, Paola Teresa Silar, from Iloilo Doctors College of Medicine. And with me is Miss Diadem Ann Pacheco. Hello, Dem. How are you feeling today? Hello, Pal. So
2: far, so good. And to be honest, I am very much excited for today's episode.
1: How about you? I'm feeling great as well, Deb, and this is truly an honor to be here with you today to discuss one of the pressing concerns that people experience, most especially now in the midst of the pandemic. So, to get this podcast started, may I tell you the objectives that we need to accomplish by the end of the episode. So first, we have to tackle and highlight the Mental Health Act, which is the first Mental Health Act legislature in the history of the Philippines, the common mental health problems that medical students experience, the things we have and we need to do about it, and finally, the key points on how we might manage these problems. So um, I think we can't move on to our discussion if I won't ask you this then. So how is your mental health today? I can say just barely surviving.
2: The fact that I feel drained all the time, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and finding the motivation to study at home and to balance my time with my family, Uh, we have to keep going. It's the reality that we have to face as medical students.
1: I agree them mental health is just as important as our physical and our emotional health and it must be valued and protected especially now that we are in the midst of the pandemic so we know that it has been over a year of lockdowns and quarantine classifications and it has really been so hard for us particularly in the education sector so let me ask you this step how is your mental health now and pre-pandemic how do you compare them I really miss the pre-pandemic days,
2: especially when I'm struggling. I can just run through my friends. Uh, We can talk about it over coffee or over lunch breaks. It's the thought that I miss the real connection with people. Now, I just feel alone every time
1: if I have problems. It's just like it's kept inside the four walls of my room. Truly them. So let me ask you this. How do you cope up with these challenges when you face them? Now that we are stuck at home, I guess for two years already,
2: one way of distressing is by, of course, ordering food online and sharing it with my family. And also, every weekend, I try to uh, give my time some break, uh, treat myself with uh, my favorite series, or just give
1: my give time to bumper myself. That's really good, no? And um, I agree that we have to find outlets and we have to find... Channels for these frustrations and stresses of life. May it be in the form of art, music, exercise, reading a good book, or even eating good food. So during these times, we have to take care of our physical, our mental, our spiritual, and most importantly, our mental health. So speaking of mental health then, have you heard of the Mental Health Act? Yes, I am aware of it, but of course, I want to learn more about it. So just to give you a brief overview about it, the Philippine Mental Health Act doesn't simply include specific diagnosed mental conditions. So it seeks to target one's mental state at its core, promoting mental well-being even during life's day-to-day challenges through positive coping mechanisms and aiming to bring everyone as close as possible to a state of peace and self-awareness. Now, to further discuss all about the Mental Health Act and mental health in general, we have our guest, Psychiatrist. He
2: is a diplomat of Philippine Board of Psychiatry, a fellow of Philippine Psychiatric Association. He earned his master's degree in management, major in business management in the year 2015 at University of the Philippines in the Visayas. He completed his residency training in general adult psychiatry in the year 2001 at West Visaya State University Medical Center. He graduated Doctor of Medicine in the year 1995 at West Visaya State University in the City. He earned his bachelor's degree in biological science in the year 1991 at West Visaya State University. He is a medical specialist for, at West Desai State University Medical Center. He is a faculty in Section of Psychiatry in Iloilo Doctors College of Medicine. He is available for consultation at St. Paul's Hospital, Room 238 Spice Building. Join me as we welcome our speaker for today's episode, Dr. Justado Villarreal Amargo Jr.
3: Uh, Good afternoon, Bao and Dem. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to you about uh, mental health. So um, the passage of the Philippine Mental Health Act on June 21, 2018 is actually a very great milestone for the mental health in the Philippines. For so long, we don't have any legislation pertaining to mental health. And this is a huge breakthrough when it has been passed into law on uh, June 2018. Um, The resources for psychiatry in the Philippines is uh, quite scarce. We only have around 500 plus psychiatrists all throughout the Philippines and um, about uh, two to three psychiatrists or mental health professional for 100,000 population. So the Philippine Mental Health Law will shift psychiatry from the sidetrack or from the sideline into the mainstream. I remember when I was still in med school like you, our professor would always tell us that psychiatry is the Cinderella of all the specialty uh, in uh, medicine. But with the passage of the Mental Health Law, we hope that psychiatry will be on the mainstream. Uh, the Philippine Mental Health Act is a rights-based, um, primarily um, policy where the rights of the service users, how this pertains to the clients or to the patients, if we may call them, <coughs> um, very um, heavily, and um, it always emphasizes um the rights of uh, the service users, and then uh, they should be free uh, of uh, coercion, and torture, discrimination, and we hope that this will eliminate the stigma that has been attached to uh, psychiatry or in psychiatric patients. This also uh, delineates or underscores the rights of the uh, mental health professionals as well as the. Uh, help coming from our um, government, uh, specifically from the Department of Health and other stakeholders that um, would emphasize that um, mental health is also very important.
1: Since its passing into law doc in June 2018, did it somehow improve the mental health care specifically here in Iloilo?
3: Ah, uh, yes. Um, the implementation usually of uh, the law would uh, take some time. And then the implementing rules and regulations has, has always to be published. Um, after three years of being passed into law, uh, we still have to feel the effects of uh, the mental health law. Um, The mental health law aims to provide psychiatric, neurological, as well as psychosocial interventions in all hospitals as well as basic mental health care in the community or in the grassroots level. So this may take a lot of uh, funding and resources and also logistics in order for this to be, to come into fruition. Um, But uh, with the backing of the Uh, Mental health loan. We just hope that adequate funding will be given by the government, adequate resources and training of mental health professionals will be done so that uh, this will be provided uh, down to the community or the barangay level as stated by the mental health loan.
1: In connection with that, Doc, um, do we know any expected changes or improvements? What can we expect from the mental health app once it is implemented up here
3: in a Right. So each hospital should have an acute psychiatric care unit. And uh, with that, uh, there should also be uh, resident physicians. I would uh, uh, expect to man the acute behavioral care unit. Uh, in the uh, city health office there should be also uh, sections for uh, mental health down to the barangay where the barangay health workers will also be trained to recognize uh, basic uh, mental health diagnosis and also to do basic mental health intervention. Actually, right now there is this uh, uh, activity or initiatives of the World Health Organization called the MH gap mental health gap where they're, they're training the boundary health workers and uh, uh, local health uh, units to uh, recognize and to do basic intervention but this will be strengthened and uh, institutionalized once the mental health flow will roll and then will be Uh, implemented. Uh,
2: Talk to elaborate, how do we define a mental health problem? Uh,
3: um, For a time being, uh, there was this, uh, I don't know if if it's still uh, not really resolved, but for a time being, uh, there was this uh, argument about uh, what really is mental disorder, and um, so each of these uh, uh, diagnostic uh, criteria would have their own definition of mental health disorder. Uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the American Psychiatric Association, which the, uh, the Philippine Psychiatric Association adopts, has its own definition of mental health disorder, mental health problems, and it varies from one version of the DSM to the other. Luckily, we have the mental health spot, which also defined what is a mental health problem. And it says that it is any neurologic or psychiatric condition characterized by existence of a recognizable. And there is a clinically significant disturbance in the individual's cognition, that is, in feels of uh, faculties, learning, okay, uh, emotional regulation and behavior uh, that may be reflective of either genetic or acquired dysfunction in the neuro, bio, psycho, social, or developmental processes underlying their mental health function. So with this definition, perhaps this is is very broad, and uh, it can be any neurological or psychiatric condition that may give rise to um, the deterioration in the level of functioning uh, of the person's cognition, emotional regulation, and behavior.
2: So with regards to that, when can we say that what we're feeling right now or what we're experiencing right now um, needs already immediate uh, help and immediate attention?
3: Very good. So, the DSM, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, actually, this if you distill all this uh, diagnostic criteria, you can come up with just two. One is pain, and the other is dysfunction. Okay? When someone feels pain about a condition, be it emotional, physical, psychiatric pain, or... If the significant others, people around that person, may feel pain or discomfort then that is one indication. The other indication is dysfunction. If the person could not anymore function the way he or she was before or there is deterioration in this person's uh, ability to do things that he or she has been doing before, then it needs, uh, it warrants attention. Okay, So it may be translated into problems with what we call vegetative functioning, sleep, eating, uh, appetite, okay, concentration, uh, feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, inability to focus, disturbance in the person's, uh, if this is a student, so disturbance in the person's ability to uh, cope with his or her studies, or perhaps a simple housewife who would not take care of her kids, uh, or her kids anymore, or a husband who could not provide anymore for the family.
1: From the mentioned issues, Doc, it is undeniable that the med students are really prone to them although some people would actually say that we get used to them in the long run, you know, the hectic and the demanding schedule of med school, but I don't think it's not always true, you know, that, I mean, we all need rest sometimes to function well. So in your years of practice, Doc, what are the common complaints of the students or what are the mental health issues that students usually go through?
3: Thank you for that, guys. Yes, Uh, we... Have students from time to time going to the clinic or sometimes approaches in school, and um, the most common would be the, the burden of uh, the materials that they are studying uh, because they have short periods of time to study, and then they have to stay uh, very late at night studying for their uh, uh, exams. So, in short, these are deemed as stress. And then, um, if, if, if they could not cope very well with this, knowing that uh, you know, by itself medicine is very demanding, and so they, they have to cope with this, coupled also with the idiosyncrasies of uh, whichever school you will be, and also the idiosyncrasies of the teachers. So uh, sometimes they have a hard time coping uh, with uh, the demands of med school. So um, when you're there and then you have these expectations and you have goals and sometimes you may fall short of your goals, be it uh, whether it's uh, a personal thing or whether it's uh, factors uh, or circumstances that uh, are beyond your control, then it may have some emotional or traumatic impact with it. So um, anxiety would always be there. Like uh, you have an exam and you have to make good with that exam because this exam is make or break it, and then uh, you studied very hard, and then uh, when the exam was given, you feel that you're really very short uh, of your expectation. So uh, now comes the assessment that uh, I am not good, the expectations of my parents, my expectations for myself, and then here comes these thoughts of coming back and coming back keeps on on thing, and sometimes it gives you this irrational fear or already that uh, you may f- feel a subject, and then you lose sleep, you lose appetite, you <clears throat> have this um, sometimes palpitations, cold sweats, uh, you lose uh, in motivation to go back to school or something like that. So, anxiety disorder would be one of the most. Generalized anxiety disorder. Perhaps when you're always worried about your future, you're always worried about what will happen next, and you you are worried about uh, will I graduate or not, or uh, how will what will happen to my parents, or what will happen. Next. And then if you go deeper into that, then sometimes you have what we call panic attacks. have palpitations, cold sweats, butterflies in your stomach, you have tremors, difficulty in breathing, and uh, the most uh, troublesome would be those thoughts. Uh, Going back, it's like a vicious cycle of what if or what could have been. Uh, Panic disorder may not really last very long, sometimes it's just 15 to 30 minutes, but uh, it is uh, crippling because it will recur, sometimes several times. And then when you have that, sometimes it, it goes down that uh, you feel that you are already useless. You feel that uh, you don't have hope anymore. You feel that your future is already uh, uh, jeopardized. And then depression comes in. So depression, major depressive disorder would mean that for at least a period of two weeks, you'd have these extended sustained periods of sadness for more than half of the day, for more than two weeks, and then you have the loss of uh, or inability to feel pleasure, which we call in psychiatry as anhedonia. So these two things are always present in patients with depression, hand-in-hand with sleep problem, appetite problem, weight changes, inability to concentrate. Sometimes you're fidgety, you're pacing back and forth, which we call a psychomotor agitation. Or sometimes you're being slowed down you feel like you're stuck in mud, which we call as your psychomotor retardation, you feel uh, excessive guilt, and then that's when you go down there, that's the time that uh, you feel that uh, you're worthless anymore, and so thoughts of death and suicide may actually come in. Around 40 to 70% of patients who are suicidal have mood disorder. Okay? A mood disorder can either be depressive, and as a uh, depression or as a coping sometimes for depression, you shift into the other side known as the mania. So if you're shifting, we call this as bipolar disorder. So both of these, uh, depression and bipolar disorders, are well-associated with uh, suicide. Also, more common would be, um, because we have now the concept of a uh, sexy body or you have uh, have six packs or something like that. So more common would be also eating disorders. uh, Anorexia, nervosa, and uh, bulimia. Sometimes these are underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed sometimes the students will just say I'm just stress eating but uh, in the long run uh, you can also uh, diagnose them as having uh, anorexia or having bulimia. So uh, I think these are the most common um, uh, problems that uh, uh, we face Um, and also most common is uh, relationship problems (laughs) Uh, I have several students who would come to the clinic and then they would have this uh, you know break up with their uh, partners and sometimes you really have to uh, distinguish whether this is just grief or sadness secondary to the uh, relationship or the breakup or is this already uh major depressive disorder so if, if it's grief or sadness just secondary to perhaps uh, the circumstances because it's very normal for you, right? when you have a, a troublesome relationship to feel sadness so if it's it's sadness or grief it comes in waves so It has uh, it does, it peaks and then it troughs and then it sometimes it goes away and then it comes another one okay um, and then um, but in in major depressive disorder this is sustained for the most for most part in two weeks and then you are uh, really sad most of the time and then uh, for sadness or, or grief there's this because of loss of a loved one so you're always there uh, the, 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 the object of your uh, Sadness would be for that loss uh, with perhaps a a partner or a loved one, but uh, in in depression, the loss is actually taken inside, or we call this in psychiatry introjected inside, and then the loss or the hatred or the sometimes the ambivalence, love and hate relationship, is pointed inwards, and so it manifests as depression.
2: Uh, thank you, Doc. So, what if Doc in our case we experience this kinds of problems, Doc, and we can observe that we're experiencing these common signs and symptoms of a mental health problem. So, just uh, to be honest, Doc, I'm also struggling with my um, eating habits. Uh, I cannot say I'm bulimic. I cannot say I'm having an, I'm an anorexic, but I just I have a pattern of a, like a like a purging cycle. But it's just I cannot explain totally uh what is the reason why I'm experiencing that. But it's just like after the purging it it makes you feel really deep. But I cannot say doc that I'm bulimic, I'm anorexic because if I read through it I can say that I'm not like that. But how for example doc for students like me that been struggling uh to to know what is my problem. So what are your advice, Doc, to those uh, people uh, that we should do first.
3: Thank you very much for that very candid statement. <laughs> right. the, the Always uh, the key to our successful intervention would really start from prevention. Okay. And early uh, diagnosis and intervention. Uh, very important for us is perhaps uh, to acknowledge that something is not really uh, good going on here, right? Something is giving me discomfort, and something is giving me uh, some kind of uneasiness, and then we go through this, okay? Um, if it uh, really persists, then we can perhaps go into, talk to first someone we can really trust. No? Sometimes it's, it's uh, very useful to have a second opinion or uh, an outsider's point of view looking at us whether do we still, uh, are we still our own self or are we still the same or there's something wrong. Then second, if, uh, uh, yes, your perhaps your close friend would say that I think something may be wrong then perhaps we can approach um, uh, if 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 we're okay with our relationship with our uh, parents or uh, our uh, caregivers, and perhaps we can talk to them, and perhaps later uh, to uh, the uh, authorities, perhaps in our school, and then later on uh, we can talk, uh, get opinion about professional. There are for medical students. There are a lot of resources now, okay? Uh, Google is just a click away, and uh, you you can have uh, sites there that are very, very informative, sites of American Psychiatric Association, Mm -hmm. sites of Mayo Clinic, uh, sites of, uh, 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 well, Philippine Psychiatric Association also have that. uh, Psych.org, okay? You can you you can read on this, and then um, there are also some self-made self uh, self uh, self self-reporting questionnaires. So these are uh, valid questionnaires which may screen for uh, some psychiatric or mental health uh, conditions like the PHQ-9 of the World Health Organization, where it can um, help you. Diagnose yourself if you are not comfortable discussing this with someone. So ph nine for depression, GAD7 for uh, anxiety, uh, for um, burnout, you have the mass plaque, uh, burnt burnout scale. And then you have the uh, perceived stress scale. These are, these are just 10 questions which can, um, you know, if you try to honestly answer this, it can uh, give you a feedback that perhaps you're very stressed, okay? Then you, 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 you go through stages, Now, uh, Very important is for you to have good communication and good social support system. With uh, the pandemic, uh, this will not uh, hinder us to establish a good uh, communication system because of the technology. So if we open up our feelings to somebody, sometimes it makes us feel good. It unburdens us of these uh, uh, feelings that we are keeping. If we put our feelings in the bottle and try to insert and insert later on the bottle, it hurts. But if we try to let it out from time to time, we can withstand pressure, we can withstand stress, and we can develop what we call resilience. But uh, for medical students, uh, you can always approach your teachers, maybe uh, psychiatry or other teachers, because I'm very, very sure. They're more than willing to help.
1: Thank you. Um, I have an additional question, Doc, that's okay. Yes. Um, you have mentioned earlier, Doc, that acknowledgement that there is truly a problem is vital in uh, management. So what about those people doc who find it hard to acknowledge or negate this feeling? So what can they do about it?
3: Right. So that's um sometimes very challenging yes. because um if we don't have this uh, what you call insight or, or uh, acknowledgement that something might be wrong. So sometimes it's it's very hard for us to welcome uh, changes or intervention. So um, it's, it's um, perhaps the support system, the social support system, the peer group, or the family that can uh, perhaps uh, help with um, trying to uh, do something about it. There are times when someone will actually lose his or her inside secondary to uh, a mental health problem. And I'm referring to persons um, with Problems of reality testing; uh, those that could not distinguish reality from fantasy, and usually we see this in uh, patients who are psychotics. So uh, in these times, we lend to them our uh, insight. So we bring them to the hospital, and for a time being, we give treatment. And then, if they recover, then. We slowly uh, show them what has happened uh, until they can really accept this. The huge problem is for those who have intact reality testing and yet would have a very hard time acknowledging that something is wrong with them. And I just hope that uh, we have less of this in our society.
1: That was indeed enlightening, Doc. And we know that even before the pandemic, um, if we are already experiencing struggles and we are trying to cope up with the changes of lives, but we find comfort in the midst of our friends or our special someone or even the common people around us. But now that we are in the midst of the pandemic, there is minimal or no social interactions, and we are stuck in our home. So. With this, Doc, what do you think is the role of our families in our mental well-being?
3: Thank you. Uh, Yes, pandemic has taken away a lot of things from us, but it also has given us opportunity for some things. Uh, Most of our liberties, most of our convenience uh, has been curtailed, the travel. The social interaction knowing that uh, we as humans are social animals and uh, even down to our neurons they need to interact with one another in order to survive uh, so before we go to the family we start first with, uh, with ourselves okay? We we have to really take care of ourselves during this pandemic and uh, when we go back to the Uh, definition of uh, mental health problems, it stresses the bio, psychosocial, neurological aspects of ourselves. So we also look into that when we are taking care of ourselves during this pandemic. So we look into our physical well-being. So at times we will just be tempted to, you know, we can attend class laying down in our beds. (laughs) Sometimes we just turn off the camera, our teachers wouldn't know, right? Uh, So we may be uh, not having enough uh, physical exercise, knowing that eight hours a day we are forced to sit there and then look into our computers, and then, of course, the hazard of uh, not really moving and uh, not. Socializing, you know, if if we're face to face, we can still uh, chat with our seatmates and also ask things that we are confused of during the uh, lecture of the teacher, but uh, not during the, uh, uh, the video call or the video uh, or the online instructions. Uh, so we have to establish our routine. Uh, as almost the same as when we are not during the pandemic. So we wake up, we uh, take a bath, we uh, dress in our uniforms. We also, well, you you can also apply makeup, you can wear perfume, you can uh, look your best because um, it it would be as if you're also attending a uh, face-to-face classroom. We have to set boundaries, okay? When it's eight o'clock, so it's time now for our classes. We take a break, and then uh, we resume, and then we end, okay? And then we we respect this, okay? We respect also, we have to tell everyone at home that we shouldn't be bothered during this time because we are having a class, okay? Um, We have to develop, Coping skills that will enable us to uh, go through this uh, also tedious way of uh, doing these online classes. So uh, there are a lot of uh, coping skills, positive coping skills that we can do. Okay, we take a break from time to time. We do uh, cognitive uh, behavioral exercises, which I will tell you later on. We do. Uh, uh, you know, things that we really like, uh, short time, okay, uh, intermittently, we uh, uh, do things that uh, uh, can give us some kind of uh, uh, break with our uh, discursive or cognitive thoughts. Okay? We have to take enough rest, Okay. We do away with uh, substances. Uh, we do away with um, those that can uh, uh, predispose us to uh, addiction. Okay, and uh, we always have to maintain a healthy lifestyle and also cultivate our spirituality. It may not be a religion, but something like you know, uh, trying to establish connection with the habit for the family it is very important that we set boundaries okay? uh, for medical students you know this is very very uh, tedious already so we don't need extra stress for us so we have to tell our family that we need space for this we need this time for ourselves we need peace and quiet during this time how uh, we don't have to do chores during this time, sometimes we can also do chores during this time, okay. And then um, we also verbalize to them the uh, struggles that we are uh, facing. Our family can be our immediate source of support system, social support system, so they can really help us during uh, this time of struggle. during this pandemic. It will be actually two-way. We helping them, they helping us. Uh, It's a symbiotic relationship. Um, I am, just just to highlight that uh, I am sad to say, uh, not not with the medical students, but uh, with the news and then the readings that we have come up lately because of the pandemic, sometimes the family can also be the source of stress and also the source of uh, trauma. And hope. Uh, it has been found out that domestic violence increased during this time of pandemic, and their perpetrators have become more emboldened because uh, their victims could not go out and they could not report, and uh, they're always confined to. Uh, Their homes. Um, um, So, if if, um, that would be the case, then uh, we can always ask for help and uh, we can always ask for intervention. But um, family is always the source of our unending support and uh, unending uh, care for each one of us.
2: Uh, Yes, Doc, I do agree that our family will always be there for us, especially uh, for us students. Uh, Transitioning from face-to-face classes to online is really um, a challenge to us. Um, But uh, staying at home, in the comforts of our home, we're very thankful that our family are always there. But also, we cannot deny the fact that sometimes uh, uh, distress also comes from our family because we cannot set boundaries uh, with our school uh, responsibilities and our house responsibilities. So sometimes it's overlapping that we don't know where to place ourselves. So thank you, Doc, for that uh, uh, enlight- enlightening uh, thought about how our family could help us uh, in this time of pandemic.
1: Yes. You have mentioned earlier, Doc, that uh, it should always start in ourselves, in in the management of our mental health. So, can you give us some tips, Doc, on how do we manage responsibilities between medical school and responsibilities at home?
0: Right. Okay.
3: So uh, this this should be very clear for uh, a medical student that. Uh, uh, when you enter med school, you already have a set of goals and then these set of goals should always be there to remind you uh, I remember uh, my great teacher Dr. Henrietta Española when we were first year in med school she would tell us that okay, write down in paper the kind of doctor you would want to be 10 years from now So, <clears throat> and then Paste it in front of your study table so that it will inspire you as you go through med school. And yes, okay, uh, this is very important. So we have to know which is for school and which is for home. And then we have to know which is our need and which is our want. This is very important, especially in this time of pandemic, because if we do not know how to prioritize our needs, sometimes things will get so muddled, and sometimes you don't already know how to prioritize things. Very important is that we just stick only to what is essential, especially now that our resources. Will become scarce and limited, not only with uh, financial, but also with other things. No? Uh, so, <clears throat> in in school, the the technique in surviving med school is just to be floating in the middle, just enough. Okay, but if you're really exceptional, there's re- it's really very good to be uh, on the top. Of your class but for you to have staying power in med school just float in the middle just enough because you need to have time for yourself you need to have time for your family and then sometimes you realize that med school is actually not the universe but it is just a section of you wanting to become a doctor later on but there are also other things that you need to fulfill because you may be a daughter or a son, perhaps your father or mother may sometimes need you, health conditions or important business conditions.
0: <clears throat>
3: but if, if you are very clear with your priorities, if you are very clear with your goals, you would know how to prioritize this. You would also uh, kind of detach yourself from what is not essential. So in trying to trim this non-essential, you will have more time to do the things that are essential. Okay? Example, if you are eating, and then you are reading, chances are later on you'll have indigestion, and then you'll have another problem. But if you are eating, it says only perhaps 15 minutes, the most important and the most essential thing to do is just to eat. Just eat. If you're reading your pathology books or OBGYNE books, the most important thing at that time is just reading. Forget about everything, just read. Okay. If you are sleeping, don't dream about your exams in uh, women's reproductive health. Just sleep, okay? If you are listening to a lecture, just listen. One thing at a time and very clear, okay? This is easier said than done because our thoughts will always, we will always have plenty of thoughts in our mind, okay? And we have um, uh, some kind of an exercise for them. We call this as your mindfulness exercise, a form of your cognitive behavioral exercises where you would want to tame your thoughts in order for you to just focus on the here and then now, if any one of you have read the book, The Power of Now* uh, by Eckhart Tolle, because this is uh, very, very much related to this. Sometimes you find yourself uh, in awe, wondering what's there inside your head, and then time has passed, and then you're lost. But if you try to focus and then just Uh, be mindful of just the here and the now that length of time that has passed has given you actually a lot of fruits already I remember when I was in med school like you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes in one page and I've already, I just read only one paragraph because I was, you know, doing that or sometimes looking myself in the mirror or something. But if we focus on that 15 minutes, just concentrate on on just reading, then perhaps we can finish a page already. So how do we do this? Mindfulness exercise, you start, you know, when you brush your teeth three times a day, Don't think of anything. Just pretend that the whole universe is just your toothbrush and your teeth. Just your toothbrush and your teeth, okay? When you're eating your lunch, forget about everything. Just eat your lunch. Use all your five senses to uh, feel the food each and every So, okay? If uh, you are distracted, anything in front of you, your ball pen, your paper, Think that you are seeing this for the first time, using all your five senses for fifteen seconds. Just look at that, so that your mind, which is a vicious cycle, and will be cut and you will be focused on the present moment. Okay, so just right here, right now. Okay, just what is essential. When you are mindful of just the here and the now, so you're mindful of your responsibilities that you can do right here and now. So you can finish this and you'll have less backlogs. you'll have less of your uh, things that uh, uh, you'll have to do later on, okay? If you are clear about, okay, this is my responsibility at home and this, this is what I will finish after this, then uh, these things will not be modeled and these things will be clear with
2: you. Really, Doc, I agree, Doc, that um, this is so applicable to us. Uh, We cannot deny the fact that we are bombarded with uh, a lot of responsibilities, a lot of readings, assignments, and exams uh, day by day. Um, Sometimes it's like whole week we have exams, but it's really important to... uh, be present and uh, prioritize what we need to do first and focus on the now so thank you for that doc and how about doc with the role of our school in helping us attain this balance in taking care of our mental health
3: yes the school has um also a huge responsibility for the mental health of the students i'm i'm now very happy because um the kind of educations that we are giving now in med school is some kind of different from the way we were (laughs) when we were in med school. Now it's very clear, you know, we have this uh, outcomes-based instruction, and then the students have already idea what they expect or what they uh, are expected to uh, fulfill or what they expected to have uh, at the end of the module at the end of a uh, grading period. <clears throat> so this is important that uh, the school has to be very clear about this. The school also has to be very transparent with uh, the uh, perhaps the grading system and uh, the uh, uh, performance of the students uh, in school because this will clear up also a lot of their anxieties. That's why... I always make sure that I I give feedback, especially before the final exams uh, to to, to students so that they would know how they would fare. Um, Early detection of um, symptoms can also be done in school, Uh, I think um, there was a time when we have required students uh, at ilo ilo Doctor's College of Medicine to have psychological exams prior to enrollment uh, because this will help us a lot um, during the times when uh, students would have uh, difficulties or challenges uh, in med school. A good mental health program is also very important in med school. Uh, With the advent of the uh, Philippine Mental Health Act, we could not fully emphasize that uh, this should be in place. However, we also we have also to uh, take note that um, seeking help should emanate from uh, the students. Okay? Uh, sometimes it would be very hard to force students uh, to seek uh, mental health uh, support. <laughs> so, uh, with education with awareness and with encouragement perhaps we can we can foster an environment where students may not be afraid to seek uh, support or to seek uh, uh, intervention Uh, the school uh, lately i've talked to the dean and then the dean said that it's okay we can we can just leave our contact information and then uh, for the students to just freely call us any time, approach us any time if they feel that uh, they need to talk to us or they need some intervention and I think this is being uh, put in place. Uh, the Office of the Student Affairs, if you have one in your school, will also be a, a good resource of uh, support during times of uh, challenges. I um, Yes, it's not only mental health, but also other aspects of uh, being in school. Sometimes uh, also financial troubles, then then the school can also intervene. The mentoring program of the school will also help us uh, deal with the uh, mental health of our students. And I think mentoring program is uh, being in place also in uh, all of the schools in the city. And I think it will help us uh, detect the symptoms early, and we also intervene early.
1: In that case, though, if we are confronted with mental health issues or mental health problems, or we find it difficult to cope up with our mental health, mm-hmm. or uh, we are earlier, we are diagnosed earlier, and the case gets worse, where can we go for help? Mm-hmm.
3: So. Uh, if that's the case, then we may need professional help. Uh, so uh, we have uh, actually Iloilo has one of the most number of psychiatrists outside Metro Manila, so we're we're lucky, and um, you can you can approach any of your uh, psych teachers, So uh, uh, intervention can be done. Um, uh, if 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 you're afraid, then perhaps. Uh, you can course through uh, one of the teachers that uh, you are uh, really, really comfortable, and then uh, he or she might uh, refer you to a professional role. Thank you,
2: Doc. Uh, thank you for that, Doc. Um, we're indeed uh, lucky to have uh, doctors uh, as well as our um teachers that who are approachable just like you and uh, if we needed help especially if it's uh, dealing with um, uh, our w- mental well-being,
1: uh, we know where to go. Yes, and, uh, thank you so much. At this time, may we hear from the medical students all over Visayas with their questions on mental health. Hello, Doc. My question is, is it okay if my mental health is fluctuating daily?
3: Thank you very much for the question. So I, I just have to qualify. When we say mental health status fluctuating, I don't know what that, that does it mean. That uh, you are uh, emotionally uh, fluctuating, meaning you are having uh, some kind of sadness and some kind of okay and then sometimes uh, euphoric. Or is it something like you know you are uh, sometimes spaced out, or uh, you are having trouble concentrating, something like that. Um, so, if this is so, then uh, I, I would suggest that uh, first you you have you have to uh, get hold of yourself because sometimes this is very important. Uh, trying to follow the uh, topics in medicine and then you have this fluctuation, quote unquote uh, in your mental health status uh, I, I would always tell my patient uh, every morning when you wake up try to ask yourself, how do I feel today? And just try to label that Am I sad? Am I happy? Am I angry? And then um, I always tell them to have a mood diary uh, you have this app in your uh, in, in your smartphone where you can also do this uh, mood tracker and then you can actually plot. If, if it's really dipping low and it's uh, uh, also uh, fluctuating very high, then um, we might need to reassess for a uh, mood problem or if you're having blackouts or if you're having Uh, some kind of uh, trouble, concentration, then perhaps you may need to have some kind of of assessment. But generally, our mood and our uh, mental health condition will have this uh, little fluctuation every day. We don't stay at one point all the time because we are affected by circumstances around us, we're affected by uh, our interaction with other people, we're we're, uh, affected by our expectations and uh, by our fulfillment and uh, frustrations and disappointments. And then how we cope with this is very important and this will give us uh, resilience into these uh, fluctuations which we uh, experience every day. But if this is, as I've said uh, uh, earlier, if this gives you discomfort and if this gives you this ability, then I think perhaps we may need to have an assessment.
1: Hi, doc. Here's my question: How should medical students deal with academic burnout, especially in this current mode of learning? Thank you.
3: Thank you. So this is very relevant, no? Burned out during this uh, current mode of learning is really very possible, okay? Uh, You are burnt out when you feel that you don't have any more energy to carry on, okay? If you are fighting with uh, uh, or or trying to cope with, with the situation, then perhaps you are coping with your stress and then uh, if you feel strained you are stressed out but if you reach that end where you feel like you could not give anymore and then the more you try the more that uh, you're failing or the more that you are getting worse then uh, perhaps you are burned out Uh, it's it's, uh, already in that area of what we call exhaustion so how do we deal with burnout first we recognize, we acknowledge that we are having burnt out. And then if we have burnt out, the next R would be to recuperate. Okay? So we take time, we take a break. Okay, We need to recuperate physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Okay, So sometimes we may have to file for a leave of absence of, let's say, 3 days five days if needed so, in order for us to uh, uh, recharge and then recuperate. And the next R would be to develop resilience, okay, in order for us to prevent burnout from happening again in the future. How do we uh, uh, have resilience? By employing what we call as an adaptive And healthy ways of coping. There are a lot. Uh, uh, You can uh, take a break, exercise, uh, do things that you really would want, play an instrument. Okay, Uh, do karaoke if you want. Give some of this uh, what we call expressive uh, therapy, where you can release your emotions. Okay. well, sometimes it's it's okay to have a, a, a perhaps a, a drink or two with, with a friend so that uh, you would be less inhibited to uh, uh, release your uh, things that bothers you. But uh, please don't uh, dwell too much on alcohol and addictive substances. Okay, uh, uh, warm bath, long bath, okay... Uh, nice long sips of coffee at Starbucks or where else it it can help you perhaps if you can also put a while your uh, medical books and for perhaps an hour or two just uh, watch movie watch Netflix with uh, your special someone or uh, with a person you really like to be with uh, that can help you develop resilience just focus always on the positive side, and on the things that, you know, uh, can benefit you. Uh, The pandemic, of course, has taken away a lot of things from us, but it also has afforded us some time to think about or to reflect and to cherish these uh, moments with our loved ones and also given us this uh, time to see what really is essential and what really matters to us.
1: Hello, Doc.
2: I'd like to ask what to do when you're experiencing brain fog. Okay.
3: So, uh, I'd like to just qualify. When we say brain fog, we need to say it's either you have too much in your head or you, you you're, nothing is there because it's it's blank or something. Okay. Uh, this is now where the... Cognitive behavioral exercises will come in, and I always advocate this to medical students because this will really help them a lot. No? mindfulness exercise. No, it's just a simple breathing exercise. Like you know, uh, if you have brain fog, close your eyes, count your breath. One, one, two, two. Up to ten, okay? Or do breathing exercise, the formal one. You sit, put your uh, hands in your tummy and then you uh, blow the air out of your lungs, okay, very slowly, doing something like this. And then when you have blown already uh, all the air, you hold your breath mentally, count one, two, three. Then very slowly, you inhale through your nose, okay, and then you protrude your stomach, the diaphragm will go down and then the air will fill the lungs. Then if it's already filled, you hold your breath again, count, Mentally count one, two, three. One, two, three. Then you repeat the process out, all, then in, Oh. Then you repeat this for fifteen cycles. Okay. If you have time, I want you to do this. No, it's called uh, sitting or it's called meditation. Sometimes we call this as Zen uh, meditation or Zen meditation. Do this every day. Uh, You start with just three minutes. So with your cell phone, you have a timer, three minutes, set it aside. Then you grab a chair, okay? You sit at the edge of the chair, face a blank wall, no prints whatsoever, blank wall, okay? Straighten your back, okay? Your femur is parallel, parallel to the floor. Your feet are placed firmly on the ground, okay? You can have your hands palm on the lap, or you can do what we call as the mudra position, left hand over the right hand, palms, thumbs slightly touching each other, and then your palms on your lap, okay, straight on the back, you look down, don't close your eyes, because if you close your eyes, you'll have lots of images, but just make it half open, look uh, one foot away from your toes. And then just try to relax your body. You can move your body side to side, front to back, so that you can feel the center of the gravity in your spine. And then just breathe normally. Focus on the breathing, breathing in and breathing out. Just normal breathing. Breathing in and breathing out, okay? Just do that for three minutes, okay? And then when you are quieting down, sitting, okay, then you'll be confronted by lots of thoughts in your head. But thoughts are just like clouds. They just come and then they go. They come and they go. Thoughts will only stay if you resist them and if you follow them. So the secret with thoughts is you don't resist them, you just follow them. Okay, if you feel pain, if you feel frustration, But when you're doing this, just try to embrace it. Take in all the pain, take in all the frustration, all the disappointments. Okay, and then just breathe it out. Okay, just breathe it in. All the pain, all the hurt, and then just try to breathe it out. Okay, just focus on breathing in and breathing out. Okay, just be one with your breathing in and your breathing out. Just be one with your pain. I am the pain, and I am breathing it out. I am the disappointments, and breathing it out. Just focus up. in and out. If 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 you really could not focus, count your breath: in one, out one; in two, out two. until ten. And then at uh, at ten, just try to keep silent, keep quiet. Keep still and then just focus on the breathing. If you can sustain the stillness, then very good, no? Just in and out. But if you can't, count again, one to ten, until the timer will beep. So after you've done that, then it's okay, no? You can do whatever you want. And now, how will it change me? If you try to do this every day, so you will actually have this chance to modify your responses, and then to modify the way you're thinking. Because we are conditioned and accustomed to our responses. It's it's more like a conditioned response, like, you know, when you have a stimulus, then you act like this. But if we practice this mindfulness or this mindful meditation or this Zen uh, exercise, we have a chance to look into our thoughts, and to look into our responses so that <clears throat> there is this figurative elongation or lengthening of time from the stimulus to the response. So that when somebody shouts at you, you have that figurative time to assess this and then you can ask yourself, shall I get mad or shall I not get mad? Should I shout back or should I not shout back? Um, it doesn't mean to say that you will not get angry, but it will give you a choice whether what to do. Okay, so three minutes, and then if you get used to this, you know, first time three minutes is very long, but after uh, a week or two, it becomes short and increases to five, then later 10, 15, and the ideal time would be 25 minutes every day. You do this, okay, okay and then. Uh, the miracle, quote unquote, will happen if you do this the same time every day, same place every day, continuously for perhaps a month or two. I will give you a small uh, talk about this. Uh, my teacher in meditation has a uh, medical student uh, nephew, and he took the examination, the medical board examination. On the first try, he flunked the exam, and so my teacher. Uh, uh, taught her nephew how to do meditation and so he did his, his object is just for review and just to retain uh, clarity of thoughts and retention of his uh, uh, um, study material and then when he took the boards uh, the following uh, uh, boarding sum uh, he became a board top-notcher Uh, with this of course of course reviewed but with the help of this uh, meditation and I think uh, if you do this every day you'll have also clarity of your mind and you you can retain more of your subject matter and it will help you immensely in med school
1: so I guess that concludes our first episode of Tell Med About It We sincerely thank you so much, Dr. Amargo, for sharing your valuable time with us. Your expertise really helped us and enlightened us to understand better our mental health. So
2: as a sign of gratitude, Doc, we award this certificate to you for sharing your invaluable time and effort as the speaker for APMC Student Network, Visayas Regional Health Policy Committee's about it, given this 30th day of October 2021 at Iloilo City. Signed, James Matthew V. Recabor, APMC Student Network Visayas Regional Health Policy Committee Coordinator, and marie Angelica Camille P. Villia, APMC Student Network Vice
1: President for Visayas. Thank you so much, though. Thank you. We hope that everyone has learned something from this first episode of Dell Med about it. We are very honored to be a part of this initiative of the APMC Student Network and the IDCM Student Council. Achieving a better mental health is not just a one month fight. There
2: will always be people who will help us and guide us. So once again, thank you very much, Dr. Amargo. And to everyone who joined us today, thank you. See you once again and padayon lang future doctors